Hi, my name is Aislinn Campbell. And I'm Joe Hilliard. Welcome to our weekly podcast, Dinner Table Talks. In our life together, there are few things more important than our time at the dinner table. Preach it. No matter where we're eating, the food we eat and the times we share with friends and family enrich our lives. Mm -hmm. We share our favorite dishes and most thoughtful dinner table conversations with you every week. Food, family, friends, and fun, it's Dinner Table Talks. I couldn't have said that better myself. Uh, no, you couldn't have. Oh. If you'd like to learn more about us, or a little more about the podcast, we suggest that you go back and listen to episode one. And you can learn how to get in touch with us and where to find us across social media at dinnertabletalks.com. So, pull up a chair. We've got a lot to talk about. Hi, everybody, and welcome to our dinner table. Always with me, and really the most beautiful part of my dinner table at every meal that I get to share with you, Aislinn Campbell. Blah, blah, blah. What are you saying about me? <laughs> I, don't, I don't get the blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're like, because the most be- be- beautiful, f- I mean, something good. If I, let me think of it real quick. <laughs> From this point forward, I'm done complimenting you on this podcast. Oh, no, you're exactly. not. You're a liar. See, that's the thing that about you that is the most exasperating, and it just happened a little while ago. So, hey, will you get me a cup of coffee? Oh, stop it. Don't okay. tell this story. Okay. <laughs> this is episode 10, Aislinn. We have been talking about how episode 10 is going to be a pivot point. Yeah. We were going to put down 10 episodes mm-hmm. before we did any major launch. You know, and it's funny because a lot of people might think, oh, well, you haven't launched it yet. We've seen you on Facebook. We've seen you on Instagram. The feedback but, that we have received is that the best episodes are the most honest. So let's, I, I, re- I really want to peel back the curtain and get super honest about this. Okay. All right. Let's we're going to look. Okay. We knew we had a basic format, but we didn't know exactly what it might evolve into. And it does evolve almost every episode. Yeah. But we have intentions. Right. And we always said, after we get 10 down, and here we are, mm-hmm. we'll launch it. Yeah. What the hell are we going to do? What does launching mean? Yeah. I mean, we want to get it wider. We want people to enjoy it. We want more people to hear it. But that podcast landscape is so crowded. Right. I asked a friend of ours who, who is a fan. Yeah, She's, a fan. She said, I love what you guys are doing. How do you find podcasts that you listen to? Right, and she didn't really give you a good answer. Um, and and she I she didn't give me a succinct answer, but she gave me an honest answer. They just happen. I find them through social media, that kind of thing. I think it's that. I mean, basically, she said I find them through social media and word of and, mouth. Yeah, and have and, you heard the podcast? Blah blah blah. You yep, should totally listen yep. to it. And I have to agree. I'm not a hardcore podcaster in that I'm sitting there looking through Spotify to find whatever podcasts I'm looking for. But I will tell you that the only time I've ever paid attention to podcasts was when someone spoke specifically about a podcast. And, and what is that it. typical conversation? Actually, you see people ask the question a lot on Facebook and Twitter, um, and they say, what podcasts are you listening to? If and you... people will answer, and you yeah. might go through those answers yeah. and see if yeah. anything's it's curious. It's kind of the same thing, like, I, I need a new book, you know? And that's, that happens with people in podcasts. Like, you get to a point where you're ahead of your favorite podcast, and then you're like, well, I'm sitting here at my desk at work or I'm driving an hour. I need some podcast to listen to. So you're I'm constantly... I'm all caught up on what I normally exactly. listen to. I so need a new show. you're looking for a new show to put in the docket. I do think that there is some category searching. I think when I have looked, there's been category searching. I began looking for podcasts after y'all started doing a podcast. Beer, I was like, beer and a movie? Yep. Beer and a movie. Available everywhere? All over the place. Look for my name? Joe Hilliard. <laughs> No, I, I started looking for podcasts and I would do the category thing. So I think that that part of it is... is what, what are your categories? Food, couples doing podcasts. But I'm real particular in that I don't want to listen to a podcast that's really factual. Don't, now, I like facts. I like uh, interesting information. But I, I don't follow what you just said. I'm looking for a podcast. <laughs> you want podcasts of lies. No, no. <laughs> Well, not like fake news podcasts. I don't want fake. There's plenty, like, of, actually, there's plenty of those around. Yeah, I, that 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 I care less for. What I'm saying is that it's my point isn't that I'm sitting there wanting to learn something. Like if oh, I'm, if how I'm, to how to how to become a carpenter, right? Or 
uh, UFO sightings and the real, da, 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 I don't know, something like th- things that are just more intense in the facts. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm looking for. You're looking for relationships and conversations. Yeah, I'm looking for bullshit. I'm looking for comedy. I'm looking for. Oh my god. I know that word is is part of it's it's the Aceland. We can't not be explicit <laughs> with you in the room. It's not explicit. Cows do that. Well, bull like technically bulls do that. So, uh, <laughs> Every I'm day. sorry. No, but I, I want to laugh. I'm not listening to learn. Like, I'm listening. You want to be entertained. That's exactly right. With content. So, we're going to launch. And I think that we just had a conversation about how we might want some help or need some help from the listeners. But before that, we already have our Facebook up. We already have our Instagram up. We already have our Twitter up. And we have been using those. Knowing that there is no audience there yet, which has been purposeful because we wanted to lay down these 10. So now the 10 are here. I guess we're going to do a formal launch, which means that you and I will use our existing social media. Well, I I think we'll use our existing network. Okay. I mean, that's probably a better way to say, yes, we're going to use social media, but we're going to extend to our our, our real network. Okay. So for us, I I see the two-part strategy here. Okay. Locally. Sure. You ran for mayor. People know me a little bit. But more broadly, I've got the 40 things to do in Corpus Christi page. Yeah. And that is got 25,000 people on it. So I'll launch it as a Corpus Christi based podcast, but I'm going to a wider audience. Right. And then, you know, just generally our audiences are are larger than the average. You know, before we even started this podcast, our network is a little larger because of the things we participate in. So we'll do that. But I think that then we have to, and I have done a little bit of this, start to pick the people that we know that are outside of our local area, outside of Texas even, and then begin to ask our our folks, number one, listen, listen. And if you find this entertaining or if you find it interesting, share it. But I will tell you- why do I hate? Not, 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 I don't mean share this like, share this for likes. What I mean is tell your friends. Like when you're out, you know, at a dinner with somebody go, oh yeah, by the way, my friends have a really good podcast. It's called the Dinner Table Talks. And you're going to make a personal ask. Right. For them to do a personal ask. Right. Exactly. So you may be. Why do I hate doing that so much? I don't know. I, that doesn't bother, it doesn't bother me at but all. But doesn't it bother you on your Facebook feed when people are. No, no. Think about what you just said. Do you think it bothers me to ask? People in no, my I'm network. No, I'm not asking about no, you. No, no. Let's think about think about that. Are you passionate about something? Does it matter to you? Do you think that it will benefit other people's lives? Then why would you not tell them about because it? Because when I see asks, personal asks, and they may they may be I chase them. If my friends do personal asks, I look at what they're asking uh, me to look if at. Someone asks on their birthday thing on Facebook to do a donation to something. That's I, do, I donate to them, almost I always, every time. Yeah, I have a little set amount. Almost every it's time. Not, I don't even care what the thing. I don't even look into what they're donating to. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. You are important to me. You have. You have supported things that matter to me. I support things that matter to you. But that's not even what this is about. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I find things entertaining. And you know what? I think that the benefit us is that people find us entertaining anyways. They find the things that we're interested in entertaining. So if we say, go to this event. This event is a great event. You should pay attention. People go to those events. That's trust. That's right. So mm-hmm. we've already built that kind of rapport in our network. I won't send you to a crappy event. Well, people ask me all of the time because of the 40 things page. Might say, Will you go to this please... crappy event, but it's because we want it to be better because it wasn't okay. crap. It wasn't a crappy event. That's we... a good point. Yeah. I'm going to talk about what you just said next week, but it's if you've come with us this far, if you've watched this evolution over the last 10 episodes, it's right. And go... if you know that there's people out there that are interested in food, because mm-hmm. we're always going to talk about food. Yep. If you think there's people that like good food, that are foodies, whatever. Those are the people you tell. And if you know people that have teenagers, you start to find the people that will find this as a niche. And then you just think these people are entertaining and you might find it interesting. So how do we make it easier for people? Like in other words, right now, if you don't like our Facebook page, go like it. If you're one of those that does Facebook, then go to Facebook and look for our dinner table talks. Or if you're an Instagrammer. If you're an Instagrammer, and that's the one I like the best and I'm paying the attention to the most, the way to get on that is also at our dinner table talks. Okay. And and then on both of those, it's very easy to find the podcast. There are not many posts on our Facebook page where we don't put the link to just go click. Right. If you're on Instagram and you go to our profile, then of course it's going to be in the link is there. When you listen to this episode, if you listen to it in the first week or so that it's out, pinned to the top of our Facebook page will be a shareable link. I mean, I really we really want to make it as easy for you as possible just to help us out right now as we go broader. Yeah, and just listen and just share it with a friend. People ask, tell me your favorite podcast. Go, oh yeah, my friends are doing our dinner table talks. And then I alluded to the idea that coming up, 
we're going to change some things, not change some things, but well, add to. We're going to play with it. Keep Why? evolving. Quick question, and then we'll move into the food. Okay. And our conversations this week. Okay. We have talked about guests. Yes, definitely. There are two options. Uh-huh. In-person guests. They're right here at our dinner table with us where we record. Yeah. And you can Skype in. Yeah. Other, other avenues to do it. Yeah. Guests from afar. Yeah. I know we'll start easy. Yeah. We actually already had somebody say they wanted to be on it. I don't, don't tell me names. I'm not going to, but I, I'm, people are interested in that. But be a broadly categorical about the types of guests that we can get locally that make sense for this. Restaurateurs? Like, like food people? Yeah. Well, uh, or yeah. Or just any chef, random friend? People that own, yeah, pe- people that own restaurants. But also are into the concept. In other words, that cook at home, that, that, uh, well, the, that the family meal is important or friend meals are important. Who in our friend groups do food journeys with? Who in our friend groups who have introduced us to food? Like, if, and if we go to sit down with them, we go, okay, tell us something interesting that you've ate recently. That would be the people that we're talking about. Those oh. people... Stay tuned, man. You have ideas. Stay tuned, man. <laughs> we, have only, yeah, we have only just begun. So let's just jump right into some food. We've eaten 21 meals in theory since the last R- time we got together. Really? Yeah. You say that every time. It makes me laugh. Do you not like Did that line? Did we eat 21 meals? Well, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 21 meals. Seven times. Mm-hmm. My math is correct, isn't it? I, yeah. Okay, so regardless, <laughs> since our last podcast, what was the favorite thing that you ate? It may not have been at our dinner table, but at some communal table that you enjoyed with somebody. Actually, it was chili dogs, which is... How uh, pedestrian. Really? Is that pedestrian? Isn't it? It's not the way we do it, pedestrian. How do we do it? Well, for one thing, we have that uh, farmer's market. They're not like they're not like wieners. Like the... That's literally the words on the package. Wieners. I know, but like the eight pack of wiener hot dogs with pork and uh-huh. beef tips and whatever. Snouts and buttholes. Tell and... me it's not that. No. I it's don't think. No. Like, it... It's small sausages. Yeah. I can't, got, and it's, it are get... they, what are they? Are they pork or beef? Uh, it's a mixture. It goes directly oh into, <laughs> well, hold on. Maybe I should go look at the package. No. They don't taste anything like what I remember wiener dogs tasting well, like. Well, it it's, wa- it's a sausage. It gets directly into the way that we eat. We yeah. don't go buy an eight-pack of Oscar Myers. Yeah, I think that's been made very clear that yeah. we're, we're not going to do that. So where do we get our wieners? Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. We buy them at the farmer's market from our friends at Turkey Hollow Farm. And They're this in- is a relatively new acquisition. Like, we didn't have these four or five months no, ago. These guys are good. They mm-hmm. have a lot of products, and they, they give you the option to get a lot of things that I might not have been able to eat before. And then, on top of that, you make homemade chili with either some grass-fed beef or venison or whatever we've got in there. Right. And you make some good chili. And I don't eat a bun, so I'm eating, you know hot dog with chili and then I gotta have yes I gotta have a lot of mustard like I mean I want to slather the mustard on it so how excited were you when it's like hey we got hot dogs here it's fun I like it and I love hot dogs and you did a good job cooking them uh you made a really really good chili this last time and uh yeah and then um one of the things that I always do too when there's chili around is uh like to make not Frito pie but kind of Tostito pie or Mm -hmm. whatever of course I'm using those chips we've talked about 800 times on the show before you actually did have to shift the, the chili a little bit. It wasn't that good the first night. Mm-hmm. It was a little too sweet. Well, I looked up a hot dog chili recipe. Yeah, I just like chili. I won't chili. do that again. Yeah, yeah. I just made chili this time. And yeah, it was a exactly. success. Yeah, it was good. But I judge hot dogs. You eat a hot dog at the ballpark. I still. do eat a, I will go and. I admittedly ate a hot dog in New York City. At Grace Papaya. Okay. I had to. Same thing. I had to. I believe that there's a correlation here. No, I, no, because because I I would have used to have said ballparks, yes, and it was the one place where I would go, like, cause I, cause even before I had gotten picky about meat, I had kind of quit eating hot dogs, cause hot dogs are just kind of gross anyway. Well, you can bet but, your wiener that we're going to post on our Facebook page what a hot dog is, and once you kind of get your head around that, it you don't want to eat them, but they taste so good. They don't taste that good. Oh, they taste so good. With For me, you said chili and a lot of mustard. For me, it's mustard, onion, and sweet relish, and a lot of oh, all of it. I hate sweet relish. Well, you're not right like about it. everything, love. You're not <laughs> right about everything. 
I will tell you that I, that I a Grayus Papaya's hot dog yeah. just because it's it's a landmark. Well, and I don't live in New York City, so I would if you're be going different to eat about a hot dog, if I lived in New York, New York City, I wouldn't eat. I sure. probably wouldn't eat Grayus no, Papaya's. You were there hot on a special was, visit. Yeah, you and had a special hot dog, and I had that was fun. So so we don't go to our local ballpark often. Often enough. We should go more. Yeah, right. It, it is really fun. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to increase my hot dog consumption. But if I go to one or two games in a season, I'm eating a hot dog there. And I'm just going to close my eyes and pinch my nose and do it because I enjoy the experience so much. <laughs> I, I wish they would just do like good sausages, you know? Like I, anytime I could have a good sausage, I'm okay with that. I like sausage on a stick with mustard on the top. I like mustard. Like mm-hmm. that's a, I just, I really like mustard. Anyway, so that was my best meal of the week. But tell me, did you have a great dinner table story? Something you wanted to talk about? Well, when don't I? We found ourselves at a party. Yeah. For a local organization called the Corpus Christi Literary Reading Series. Yeah, yeah. And what they do is they bring in notable authors to come do a a, a reading. Yeah. But the night before the reading, which is open to the public and I believe free, they have a party for the patrons, for the folks that really support the organization. Yeah, and well, and because there were a lot of stories from that night. Uh Uh-huh. The night that you're talking about, right? And and that's really what I was going to talk about too. Okay, the same so, stories and, uh, and 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 how did we end up there? It was you know, it of, was kind of a fun special night, wasn't it? Well, there was just a lot of stories. Yeah, there was a lot of characters. And I know if you've you, got a lot of characters, then yeah. you've got a lot of stories. So hey, how about this? Why don't you let me ask you what your favorite food is, I'll allow and then it. we'll come back to this and we'll delve into okay. this fun night that we had. So tell okay. me, tell me what, tell me what was your food? Of okay. Food? Well, speaking of pedestrian food, right? And speaking of Turkey Hollow Farms, who, I, golly, we're giving them a lot of plugs tonight because it's where we're buying a hundred percent of the meat that we're eating in our home right now. They got chicken wings. Yeah, chicken chicken wings are always a delight. And I love that, chicken wings. Think about wings. that. We had chicken wings and chili, chili dogs. dogs. <laughs> that was the, it. Was the week of the chicken wings and the chili dogs. You wish you lived there. But that house. you could, but that you could buy that stuff from the farmers market yeah. because I mean, it is very unlikely. It is so unlikely I would have to fly to New York City to eat a hot dog at Grace Papayas for me to eat a hot dog. Right. And then chicken or chicken wings is pretty much we the know same. Your like there might be a, there might a be a special thing here and there, but. Chicken, it's not happening. So to get chicken wings is pretty awesome. Whenever you butcher a bird, the wings are typically like literally trash. And that they have created a cottage industry over this trash piece of meat, so to speak. This yeah. this thing that is difficult to use in any other way yeah. is pretty amazing. Yeah. And I do, on very rare occasion, if the boys want to go eat wings, you will typically skip that. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to eat wings. And I'll... Go along with them and, and eat some wings. Yeah. I like wings. Oh, hell yeah. But I, it, I, in our home that we can make them, I'm now experimenting with the best way to make wings and I'm avoiding frying them. Yeah. So, so you baked those. I bake them and then you toss them just like you'd see at Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings or whatever your joint is. I don't go to Hooters or Buffalo Wild Wings. Well, you can't go to Hooters because they'd hire you on the spot. What? So I don't think so. I think I'm a little old for that these days. uh, So (laughs) I baked the wings in the oven, and and you broil them at the end, get them a little crisp, and then you toss them in a sauce. And the sauce is so simple, I'll even post it up on our Facebook page. But I've done that now two or three times here in the house, and that is always a crowd pleaser. I think about that, because a lot of people have said, I've listened to the podcast, and I we just can't do it. I, I can't get my kids to the table or we don't have the time to all get around the table. Are you BSing us? Is this real? Y'all really eat every dinner at the table? If we're at home, we do. And yeah, the kids like, the kids come and expect it and there's no fights about it. They enjoy the experience. Well, and, and whoever's here is who's at the table. Of course. But, I mean, it might not even be... Right. Like tonight know. we had a delicious soup and uh, uh, it was just me, you, and my daughter because your yeah. daughter's off doing something else that's fun. So yeah, we ate wings and we ate on wings for a couple of days. I will tell you that I'm looking forward to getting some of that good cilantro sauce that uh-huh. they make at the farmer's market. Oh, you want to try a different sauce I to toss them in? I want that on Next the time? wings. You yes, got it. Yes. But I'll just finish my thought. You had a thought to finish? Tempting your kids with food that they're not going to argue with is a surefire way to get them to the table with a little bit less of an argument or a little bit less of that, you know, typical teen resistance. So when I say it's chili dogs or hot dogs or chicken wings, that gets them there in a way that, hey guys, squash casserole does not. 
Right. Hey, guys, asparagus does not. Right. But it's there anyways. And you know what? I, I just think that there's also some training in it. We have to admit that that's how we've been. And that is looking back at that picture today that was floating around of the girls when they were oh, in little, 2012. Little bitty. Little girls. Our kids don't really know much different. That's how we do it. We sit at the dinner table and... and so if someone's listening to the podcast and they say, you know what, we don't do dinner at the table. And there's, I mean, every bit of evidence says that you should be as far as just family cohesion. And I mean, there's a thousand different reasons why you should. How do you, how would you suggest that they begin? Well, part of the ways that we began with it, the table topic stuff, uh-huh. we talk, we ask questions, the food, the food is good. We cook homemade food. But you, fun you talk, cook. not, not in your face talk. That's not the yeah. place for that. Oh, yeah, no. Well, I mean, we do a little bit of that too. I mean, I think we do everything, but that's been able, we've been able to do everything. I think we you pick sat. a night of the week, you look at everyone's schedule, but there's no soccer or ballet or whatever on Thursday, whatever. And, and so Thursday night, night we're going to do it at the table. Yeah, I don't know. And it'll, it might be difficult at the beginning. I mean, it's just different. Anything different can sometimes I'm one of those fun. people that a particular routine never seems to work with me. I'm like, oh, let's do this on the same day every single day. It never works that way. This is one of the things that we do. So let's talk about that dinner table conversation we okay. had at, you know, at this party that we talked about. Like we've mentioned before, and we'll probably mention again and again when different conversations come up, I ran for mayor in the 2018 election in, in our city. I was invited to speak on a panel. It was at the YWCA, and it was a partnership between the YWCA and the League of Women Voters. And it was a women empowering, and the panel that I was on was specifically about why did I run, what did I learn, what would I do differently if I ran again? That kind of thing. And I happened to be on the panel with someone who actually had been the mayor. A beloved figure in our community. Yeah. And she, she was the mayor. She was on council for a long time before she was the mayor. She supported me. She was one of my um, donors. She, she wrote you a check at the very beginning, if at I At the recall. beginning, yep. She was one of the first people I sat down and talked with. And she uh, she came up to me that, that day and, and just put her arm around me and said, keep doing what you're doing. This is important. Young women stepping up, keep doing what you're doing. Did keep she trying. suggest that you run again she, in 2020 next year? Yep. She actually encouraged it. She said, you should. Are you going to? I don't know. I don't know. We have this woman in our town that I call her the, our, I call her personal paparazzi because oh, right. she, she happens to be involved often in a lot of the same things I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. And then now it's gotten to the point where she's pretty much everywhere, she, but she takes pictures and, and she's taking candid photos. pictures, yeah, candid. Great. She's catching you and everybody knows she's we'll doing, be so using you, them on all of our social media. I mean, yeah, she's that well, great. Yeah. Well, Debbie caught a picture that day when I, me and the past mayor were talking with their arm around me and it caught a lot of attention. And so after that happened, we, I kind of reached out and we connected a little bit. Hey, you know, that was fun. And yeah, it was great. And thank you for encouraging me. She sent me back a message. Hey, do you want to come to this event that I'm having at my house? It's a literary dinner. She was real cute about it. She goes, it's just 100 of my closest friends. <laughs> and she did, you know, it was just sweet the way she, she did that. And so she invited us to come to this. You ha- probably had a better idea of who to expect, what to expect yeah, than I, I did. I have been to this. Uh, I was involved uh, briefly years ago. And um, like I said earlier, it is the literary reading series. Yeah. However many years ago, there was a group of people that were readers and probably did what I have done, what you have done many times. And that is to say, this cool thing exists in San Antonio. This cool thing exists in Austin. Why can't it exist here? And the cool thing that those people did 50 years ago, 30, 40, whatever it was, was to say, we want notable authors to come down and give a, a reading, a talk, like like I attended up in one of those other cities. And their very first one was Larry McMurtry, the author of Lonesome Dove. They raised the money to handle his speaking fee, because that's how it works. And they brought him down. And then they created, I'm sure, I don't know all of the history, but I, we can imagine, because you and I have done these kinds of things. Yeah, that, They created a board. They created a rules of how the whole thing would operate. And it's been going ever since. There's a public event where you can come here. Larry McMurtry or Justin Cronin, who wrote The Passage, which is a fantastic book, or I could go on and on. Uh, this time it was Lisa C, S-E-E, 
an author that I wasn't really, Mm-mm. I didn't know much about. And yeah. sometimes that's what the beauty of this thing is. And, that, and this author, the author is there at this event. Right. This is a, and know, the night before, yeah. as I said earlier, is a special dinner, the one that we were invited to do this go right. round that is just kind of the folks that yeah. are really involved. So we went to mm-hmm. her house. There were a lot of people there. Yeah, it was I was, great. you know, it was come, come and meet some people. I think I probably surprised myself and everyone else around me at, you know, how many little handshakes I've made. So as I walk into this room, I'm introducing myself, but I'm also going, oh, hey, good to see you. Oh, hey, Ace. Oh, hey, Ace. Well, it's also, we should also point out that you have cut off all of your hair. Yes. And, and so people, that, ah, people you do hair, not or recognize they, either, you either a way, lot. Either way. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they don't recognize me at all. Or they go, ah, you cut off all your hair. Or, you know, or they look right at me for a minute and it takes them a minute and then they, yeah. But you're talking about a crowd of voters. Almost at the very minimal, once they figured out who I was, everybody in the room was like, that's Aislinn. She ran for mayor, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. So that was happening. I'll tell you, one of the things that was very interesting to me is even the, just the age difference. I think that you help with the gap on that. Oh, God. Yeah, no, I, I think you do. Yeah, Have you I said think you, your age on the podcast here? Are you allowed to? You're 47, and I'm seven years younger than you. You can't say the number? We said that. Okay. I'm 40 years old. Oh. I'll be 41 in a blink. I can't even believe it. It's been the quickest but year of my life. But me being seven years maybe. older does what exactly? It just bridges the gap a little bit. What it does is it doesn't make me look so young. It doesn't, I look, I look kind of young anyways. And I think now I'm starting to show 40 more than before, but people don't expect me to be 40. Do you want, do you want to know the person of that whole day, whole night that I like remembered the most and wish I could figure out how to make contact with her? She was probably the oldest person there. Yeah. The one that we sat with for a majority of the time. She was awesome. She hung in there with every, she jumped in there with every conversation. Speaking of chili dogs, I thought you were going to say the guy that owns the local chili dog franchise. Yeah, no. I'd like was, to hang out with him more. He's a fun dude. Yeah, that was fun. That was definitely fun. My point is, is that was fun. That was a fun thing. And it was fun to see how many people were, were saying, you know, run again, or yeah. we, we voted for you. That happened. That was or, all night, all night do long. You, do you remember, hey, do you remember, this is Aislinn. If you had lived in Corpus Christi, you would have voted for her. Right. You know, yeah, 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 you know, whatever. So, so that started so the, the conversation. The, so the educated masses all voted for you. It was the uneducated that prevented you from being able to take this thing? No, I, no, not at all. I, I, that's not that's not fair at all. I don't think that that's that it at I'm all. I'm leading I you think... into a conversation that I'm trying to figure out if you A, want to have, or B, want to get out of, and how you do one or the other. Uh, about running for mayor? Yeah. Or about, well, I mean... About the election. I did tell you the other day that I had, that there was an interesting story that came up. When I decided to run, it was knowing that I was running against a name that was like a household name, that everybody in Corpus Christi knew that name, knew that that person had been on county leadership, on city leadership, on county leadership, had been back and forth, and that the likelihood that an unknown person that had never run for mayor, had never run for anything, who was running for mayor, also a young female, youngish, wasn't going to win. Young comparatively, certainly, as far as the... um age of the folks that tend to run for things around here. Yeah, and so... And and if you will allow me just to quickly... That changed during my election, though. Yeah, it did. And I think that... And I think I... I think it'll continue to change based upon you running. I'm not here to toot your horn. Fuck, fuck. But (laughs) you made a huge difference in future elections. But let let me just quickly say that it's difficult to be objective because we have lived here again so long. And I don't know if other cities do it this way. I'm thinking that they probably do. Folks whose names are well known tend to get reelected over and over and over and over again. Yeah. It's a voting population that is uneducated about the issues that the local and county leaders govern. And so they just go to the poll. They're there to vote for president. They're there to vote for Senate. And then they go down to the down ballot, it's called, to the local elections. And by the time they get all the way down there, I know that guy. I've heard of her. Yeah. That's that's who I vote for. And it's a um, horrible way to, to, to elect people again and again and again. I've probably done it that way in the years that I've voted. I've just gone Will like, Will you oh, ever this... do that again or will you be educated? I mean... I do, I do the best that I can. Yeah. I mean, I, you just you just do the best that you oh, can, yeah. you know? And, and really, that's just something to know is just name recognition. And so when I ran, I ran because I didn't want... I, I, there was already some issues that were happening with the current mayor. There are, were a lot of people that were actively speaking against the current mayor. I think episode two, we talk about some of those. Yeah, and um, and I said he, I'm not. He can't run unopposed. He can he cannot right. run oppo- unopposed? Unopposed. It's gonna be difficult. It was to getting beat, close. No matter what, I mean, but unopposed. I, 
it was getting close. I was announced, I announced in at the first of August and the final announce, then the final date was at the end of that month, wasn't it? Like you Something had to, like that, you're yeah. Close. So, I mean, I was, it wasn't like, I mean, like they've announced two years out now. I mean, he's announced, he's literally already announced for the 2020 election. He's going to fundraise. Yeah. And so it was me just waiting to the last minute. And I had, I've been known to, in the recent years, get involved in supporting. Like I supported our district two person, our district's person. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I've gotten to where I support. So anyways, uh, I didn't want him to run unopposed. So I ran, so I submitted my name. And then within a couple of days of the final date, this young guy submitted his name. 28-year-old, nobody knew him, had lived in Corpus Christi for two years. And in those two years, hadn't gotten involved at all in the city at any nothing, level at all. Nothing. During the elections, we find out that I find out young, young, handsome man, mm-hmm. well spoken, very well, very just could get up in front of a crowd real quickly and speak. Yep. You know well. But then we find out that like he has no voting experience. Like he literally hasn't voted in a decade. He's right. been old enough to vote for a decade, Which and he hasn't voted. Which you tell me is common in that age group. That I I mean, I don't know. I think it's common in that age group. I think that's changing in this upcoming election. I sure as heck hope so. But anyways, well, and the other thing we found out was that he had a lot of money. So we've got handsome male, well-spoken, young, that has money, that all of a sudden jumps into this race. And now anybody that's looking for someone other than the other guy has two people to choose from. Right. Ultimately, what what I said over and over and over again... Was that money and that he's a male beat. He beat me by about a thousand votes in the original election. Right. On election day. The two of us pushed the mayor that no one expected to. I mean, there was an expectation that I could push him into a runoff. Not that, that I, not necessarily a, a that I could beat field him. And he doesn't get 51, 50% of the vote plus one vote. Right. And we did push him into a runoff, but that kid, uh, and I called him that kid yeah. that whole time, that yeah. kid. Yeah. Got a thousand more votes than I did, give or take. It was pretty close. Do and we want to get into the nitty gritty about? No, I don't want to get into the nitty gritty. Okay. But in the midst of all of these endorsing organizations, is where I was going. Well, I mean, yeah, that's what I was going to say okay, too. Okay, Well, what I was going to say is that the 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 interesting thing about all of these conversations, I'm out in public now, and I'm meeting all of these people that are like, I voted for you. I mean, thirteen thousand eight hundred votes, thirteen thousand two hundred votes, something like that. Mm-hmm. There's thirteen thousand people in Corpus Christi that voted. That said, yeah, I think this person is worth, I don't know, 13,000 people in Corpus Christi. Right. You've met a lot of them since the I've election. Met, yeah. And so going to this party that night was that same type of thing. And But one of the things that I've said over the years is as we're talking about it, like people will say, well, that, you know, that, that kid that came along, that young man, that young man that came along. Well, I talked about my feelings about that. Well, I'm out the other day. This guy walks up to me and he starts talking to me about, and, and this was a person that supported the kid. And I knew he supported the kid because I had even seen them together at an event. Right. During the election? And it, yeah. And it was somebody I knew before the whole thing started. Got you. And that, that was the thing that was so funny about... That was the other thing. Everywhere we went, I would walk into the room and 10 people would say hi to me. And no one would say hi to this kid because he didn't know anybody. Right. He had money. I mean, that's... when it came, Even that conversation, it was like that with the person that knew him when they got to know him better. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I said, yeah, he just played us. He played this city. And that's, I guess that gets back to that thing where you're, you're talking about uneducated population of voters. Like, I just want to be clear. I'm not talking about your college degree or your high school education. I'm talking about not being educated on at the local level for these races that are the most important ones that actually affect your life in a way that the presidential and Congress does not. It becomes about, is he good looking? Is he, it becomes about something different. And it's can, somebody, can you pay anybody for billboards? but any, uh, can you pay for a billboard? Does he have his name up there? Anybody, but uh-huh. let me do anybody, but, and, and let me do cause anybody, two, but the, the other person. The, Cause that's, that's, that was the vote. That that was the vote. I, I want the incumbent or I don't. Right. If I don't, who do I have to choose from? Right. And what you have to choose from is a hippie girl. Let's be that. Come on. Was I still looking pretty hippie back then? I guess so. Some hey, of my signs had a hat. I'm not even and... talking about reality. I'm talking about the perception that was created of you. That liberal with a nose ring. She has a nose ring. <laughs> uh, not a ring, but well, a, what do you that call was... that? A stud. Yeah. And she, uh, she, she runs a nonprofit about, you know, healthy food, food freak. I mean... I don't think any... I, don't I think do, any, in a yeah. diabetes and obesity capital of the country. 
the idea that what you do is somehow to be frowned upon. Or you got it. It is ridiculous. Or you've got that, this person (laughs) that's stupid. You've got this woman that's from here. Uh It's like, I'm here. I'm from here. I'm young. You may not know me. I look different. But I'm, I'm, I'm deep. Like my granddaddy worked at the port, that whole thing. Uh Right. My other granddaddy was a cotton farmer. I'm deep. Right. And then you've got this wealthy (laughs) trust fund baby. Who is going to neighborhoods for the first time. And that's, and, and, and you know what offends me more than anything about it all is that it's that, it's that male, female, it's that, it's that money. And you know, the money thing always pisses me off. Like I just, I wish I could figure out how to get that out of my heart. That you were born into a wealthy family makes you more eligible to, to have this thing. Right. Because he came into the rice with more money than I raised because his mom and literally if you looked at back at the records which if you're not paying attention to the where people's money is coming from even if it's just in your local elections daddy and mommy wrote that boy a check for twenty thousand dollars and how much did you raise during the entire election just over 16 so he had a billboard up, a billboard up before i even had my signs out right now i might have my signs out but he had a billboard up he's got these endorsing organizations who don't want the current mayor and go with him right and give him five thousand dollar checks and that that was about money too i know that it was i know because he had money and i didn't have money yeah so let's let's let's, yeah like we're getting all boring we're we're boring people up in here (laughs) maybe we're not yeah you're one of the stars of this show and you ran for the mayor and you're telling your story i think it's a a fascinating well the outcome of that is take it back to the party take it back to the party the outcome of that is that i i the coolest most intellectual arty people in town are are just are are shaking your hand one after the other i voted voted for for you some of them are people that gave me money Uh some of them one one person said i saw you on tv yesterday you had your chickens with you we talked about chickens and then let's talk about chickens next week okay Okay. because we do talk about chickens enough to talk about chickens let's talk about chickens next episode we uh, we get there and one of the famous professors in the communications department. I, okay, I'm... Love that guy. Yeah. I am an alumni of Texas A&M University Corpus Christi. Mm-hmm. That's our local university. Go Islander. And I have a communication degree from this university. Uh-huh. And so I'm in a room full of media nerds, basically. And uh, artistic folk. Yeah. And I mean, Dr. Huey walks in the room. Like Dr. Huey always walks in the room. And everybody loves Dr. Huey. And I'm now sitting at the table with Dr. Huey and his wife. And I've got a lady at the table who's, I voted for you. And da da da. And the conversation starts. And it just gets, it's just easy and fun from the very beginning. And now we're all of a sudden talking about politics. Start talking about who you're going to vote for. Have you been watching the debates? Da 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 da. And yeah, I mean, that's just, that was fun. And I love. We move away from politics into some just like. I love talking pop culture with, oh, yeah. with smart people. Because like he brings up Fleabag. What are right? you watching on Netflix? Right, right. What are you watching on Amazon? What are yep. you and we and watch I, we watch a fair nice amount of the of, of I of, watch a fair nice amount. Of long of long, you know, of those series that are the, the, the ones that are fantastically written and beautifully directed and fantastic performances and it's not important, but it's important because it's what you use some of your free time doing is always fun. What did you we had a twenty minute talk about once upon a time in Hollywood? Hollywood. You and yeah, I are both Tarantino yeah. film yeah. fans. We've got this wizened yeah. professor of communications yeah, yeah, and yeah. film at the university to tell you how wrong you are, <laughs> Aislinn. He didn't tell me I was wrong. <laughs> he didn't tell me I was wrong. He would never tell me I was wrong. Yeah. I thought it was funny that the, the different, like as he named an Amazon movie, or, or he named an Amazon TV show, name, uh, you know, whatever, he names Fleabag. Did you notice how in Fleabag she broke the fourth wall? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I'm loving it. I'm loving this whole conversation about how that hall went down. And do you remember when, and then it's just on and on and on. And we're talking about books and we're talking about movies and we're talking just the whole experience. We're, of we're just, there to meet a, an author yeah, of, of note. Yep. You know, it was a great conversation and I enjoyed how easy it was. Like I just told somebody a night before last that I don't go to parties. I don't want to go to house parties. I think if I think it might have to do with age. Yeah. I think it might have to do with what the goal of the party is. Right. Well, and if the, and, and if the other purpose of it is to sit around and see how long you can drink, I'm like, we're past dude, that. Dude, I can do that on my couch real good. <laughs> I can, I can, I can drink. I can break a record. Oh, I can drink till two o'clock in the morning. I can break a record. I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to drive anywhere when it's over. <laughs> So, you know, just that talk, just thinking about that, thinking about that night and then thinking about having a conversation and what it is, is that I'm looking for intellectual conversations. I'm looking for the freedom to be very open about, about how I feel about anything, anything. Without judgment. Yeah. Well, and you know, I mean, I think, 
I think that that just that 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 particular crowd fit into our interests more in what we want to watch on TV and the kinds of books we may or may not be reading and the political candidates that we want to talk say, about. The political I mean, landscape that yeah. is all over everybody all of the time now, yeah. which is kind of like the conversation I would have brought up. Right. Oh. Is politics. Uh. And I told you there's a guy that's going to be there. Uh huh. He's a Facebook friend of mine. You know, whenever you were running, you got really liberal with your, wait for it, how many folks you would add to your different social media accounts. Right, right. And you were already friends yeah, with this guy. I found guy. out I already, I'm already friends with this guy. You were accepting people if they lived in Corpus Christi because you knew that they were there to find out more about you yeah. as a candidate. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I'm very Do you open. regret that? If you, no, I don't. You have so many people on your, say, Facebook page, for example. No, that's what I, that is actually just what I was about to say is that I, like... It's, you're so open with it in a way that I, it makes I me am. uncomfortable. Personal. Oh. Not, not about you. No. You, you do you, but no. I don't no, want there people any, I don't know post, on my I'm stuff. Not, I'm not posting anything on those things that I am afraid. Of. I mean, my God, we're talking about our everything on this You're right. podcast. And, and there, I'm not saying, I'm not posting or saying anything that I'm, that I'm ashamed of. And how often know, do you post the, your not, partisan leanings on there? How often do you post? I don't, right. I don't at all, at all. And that's my point. That's where I wanted to kind of go with the that, conversation. No, but that's, that's, that's the thing is you can't. You can't. Not, not on that. And you, and I, I don't want to here either. Because that's not, that's not a safe. And that's that not, makes that's me so sad. Place to. That's the thing. I want to be able to have a safe place to have a conversation about things. And you know, I, yeah, it is. Even last time or a couple of episodes ago, when we were talking about liberal propaganda with Childish Gambino, right. I'm like, shit. Can we not just go listen to a musician and without? The stew of this partisan soup that we live in right now that I believe is tearing America apart. And I will not today say that it's the left doing it or the right doing it. Everyone's doing it. I was going to say that was the thing about the mayoral race that was the part that I liked the least. I was forced. I was. You weren't forced, no, but people I was, wanted to force you. Yeah. you. We want to know. We want we to, have know. to know. We have to know. Tell us this. Tell us that. Tell us this. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? I, I'm not. I'm not. No, hold on. I will not That's own. the question that must have been answered for them to be able to right. make a decision about a nonpartisan by city charter race. Right. Our, and, our city charter says you may not be, this is not a partisan race. Yeah, it's not supposed to be even a, a, a thing that you campaign on. You can't campaign on it. You can't, you shouldn't even talk about it. They campaign on it. Of course they do. I was there. Because that's how you win an election in 2018, I was, I was 2020. And you know what's best about that? Them campaigning on that? Hmm. They're campaigning to conservatives, even though they're not at all. Like, both of those two people, I was probably more conservative. They might have been more really socially conservative, conservative because yeah. I have a nose ring in, because I don't give a crap who you marry. That's your own choice. They might have more conservative values as it relates to that. But Social those But those two people were way more liberal about money than me. Right. They are happy to take your tax dollars the way they were even talking about it. And it was just ridiculous to watch how they were getting put on the mailers and stuff like uh, Tea Party Tea Party Republican that Tea Party mm -hmm. group put, yeah. put this kid. I'm like, yeah. look into that kid's background. He comes from a deep, deep Chicago blue liberal family. Yeah. Hardcore. I'm like, y'all are not paying attention to what you're doing. Nope. Well, I was just going to say that it has, it is so pervasive, but I won't talk politics on this podcast because I don't want to offend anybody. And we are so easily offended. The, the idea that Oh, you're telling me that the charter of this city says that you're not allowed to, not allowed, but you're, that, that this is not a partisan race? It doesn't matter. In order for me to make a decision, I need to know, and I'm, not, I'm talking both sides of the aisle. See, both sides of the aisle are guilty of polluting the conversation. Both sides. See, that's the thing about being an independent. I am fiercely independent. I will not pick a side. Yeah. Because this is not the Super Bowl. Yeah. This is not the Dallas Cowboys. This is not who you for the the Astros or, or Washington in the in right. the World Series. Right. Which That's team? Which team are you on? That's not what this is. Teams are fantastic for sports. Teams kill a unified country. Teams. You yeah. must choose. You must pick. Yeah. No, you can't. A make me. Yeah, they and can. B, if you're, if it is a requirement of you that you judge me solely upon an R or a D that I have voted for in the past, or that I call myself, you're missing half of the picture, literally. Yeah. Because there is not one side in this that can solve every problem. There yeah. isn't. And there is not one side of this that can win. Right. Because 
that means that the other half well, it's in loses. Every, every two years, every two years, you you lose the 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 majority because of whoever is in charge at the. You know, I mean, every two years every you two lose. Every two to four years. Yeah, I mean, they that, flip, it, flop it back, flips and back and forth. And it's right. because I think of the team. Well, plan. and what everyone says, what everyone says right currently right now is that the only people we have to blame for where our country has ended up if we're unhappy with where our country has ended up is ourselves mm -hmm. and not the whoever was in charge four years ago or whoever's in charge now we we are who we are and that we chose who we chose means we that as a country made, we made that decision and as a country we make the decisions to do the things the way that we do them and and ultimately when it comes down to it and this is what we said over and over and over again during my run and that is more important than anything else is your local politics yeah because you because you will run into that person at the coffee shop Yep. And they will have to, if they, if they say your name in, a, in, an, in an incorrect way, if they say something you don't agree with, if they vote for something you don't believe in, you can talk to them about it. And you can say, I, this is what I agree with. This is, I sat next to the mayor and talked about chickens when he was in mayor. This was before I chose to run against him. And as I'm talking about promoting chickens and teaching people how to do it in a safe and healthy way and, and promoting it, he's telling me that's not the right way to do it. And I'm like, I'll fight you on that one. But I'm sitting next to the man, right. you know, that I can make a decision about choosing and who I can campaign against if I choose to. And that's the thing. If there's anyone out there saying it doesn't matter, those are the ones that matter. And at, those are the ones you ignore the most. At the local level. People didn't even know I was running. I mean, you ran for mayor. I didn't even know there was a mayor race. Yeah. Uh, what? You didn't that's know the, there was a mayor race? An uneducated population. Are you crazy? Uneducated voting population and i voted in every that's not true I, the, the the year that um after the car wreck happened and mm -hmm. i had moved and i my everything yeah. was all jacked up yeah. i didn't vote that year right. but otherwise i have voted every year since the year i turned 18 the takeaways you kept saying he had more money he had more money money is everything in these elections yep if you care about the town the city that you live in and you are fond of a candidate Write them a check for ten dollars. Write them a check for something because the money or or you know what? Even more than that, you know, I think money is. I think money absolutely matters. Money buys a TV ad. But money you know buys what? a mailer. Money buys, and those are the things. You know what else though? Stupidly, that, that win elections. If you ask some of the other people that have been doing it for a long time, mm -hmm. people, they need you. They need you to go walk a block one yeah. day and to if they go don't stand, and, to go hold a sign and if the, they don't even know what to tell you what to do mm -hmm. say i am here when you know when you know what i need to do because that was the thing with me people were like right away when i chose to run what can we do what can we do to help you and it was i need more people walking go walk your neighborhood go yeah. here take these flyers go knock on every door in your neighborhood Here's even if i'm not even there Here's just go script. yeah and so i think that that was the thing that but was talked about during that women's panel uh -huh. and what the past mayor spoke about and uh -huh. other people was like people she's like i have my people out there talking yeah. and she's got people she's got a lot but of i don't people want to discount what her. i said i mean th those ads the tv ads that sure, are required to sure. cost money the, sure. the the facebook and youtube ads cost money the mailers here's the thing you you don't even have to be popular to get a lot of votes if you have a lot of money and that's what that kid showed us yeah that's what you, the nobody, mayor showed nobody us. even knows nobody even knows you nobody knows your name but as soon as you put a giant billboard up, every single person in Corpus Christi drives past your sign or yeah. wherever you're at, drives past that sign and sees it. And it also gives this false this sense that you are supporting. It's not even false, I guess, because the money came from somewhere. But, oh, that they can afford a billboard makes them legitimate. Right. Because people are supporting them with money. Right. So write that candidate that you are fond of at the local level a check. Yep. It is critical all right, let's get on back to something fun and interesting. We started talking politics and we got all yeah, crazy. Yeah, I don't yeah, even know if we said much. anything good. <laughs> I don't know what we... At the end of every episode, we pull a card out of a box. Uh, it's a little game that we found somewhere along the way called Table Topics. We have not rehearsed this. No one has seen this card. Asen, I'll ask you, then you ask me the same question. Uh-huh. When is it okay to lie? I don't know how to answer that question because I... You're honest to a fault. Honest to a fault. You That's are. exactly. You, you are. I, I don't know how to not tell you the truth. And, and in some ways, going back to the mayoral election. You that are. I just always say it. I, I say it. And sometimes I need to keep my mouth shut. And I don't. I say it. And so I don't know. I don't. I'm not saying that I haven't told lies. I didn't tell lies when I was younger. 
course I did. I told my parents lies when I was a teenager. Is the answer never? Well, no, the answer's not never. There have been some lies in my lifetime. When is it okay to lie? The only time that it is okay to lie is when you're making a big decision that you, the safety of everyone matters if you keep that to yourself. The classic example is uh, that a man, a man will give you is that when your partner comes in looking horrible and says, how do I look? Do I look fat in this? You've heard that over and over again. And, you, and Don't I, lie to me about that shit. Okay, but... Don't, don't lie to me about how I look. But don't then lie we, to me we about, get in trouble when we tell you the truth. I don't know. Well, okay, then be a man. And Why can't you be a woman and not penalize us for being honest with a question that you asked us? Well, it doesn't have to be... Listen. Why do we have to be penalized for doing the thing that you just told me that, I, that you want me to do? Be honest at all costs, well, even if it I hurts your feelings. But, but I mean, I think that's the thing. That, yeah. that, that, that I'm not penalizing you. It's just this is the consequences for the decision that you have made. And the decision that you have made is to be honest and tell the truth. And, and that's the thing about being honest to a fault. I have to face the fact that sometimes I say things I shouldn't say. I tell the truth when somebody didn't want to know the truth. Mm -hmm. Which makes it about them, not you, but you feel the heat. Right. You feel the burn. But I do think, I mean, I think that there has been a moment in time where protecting someone was worth not being on, worth not being honest. That's a hard one because I mean, it's, that's, I'm honest. I'm, it, it matters to me. I'm trying to think of a situation where you might feel that you need to lie. By lying, I mean not giving up a fact maybe that you're not prepared to talk about, but you're asked directly about it. Like, let's say that you're looking for a new job and your employer asks, hey, are you looking for a new job? I'm going to tell the truth. I'm not good at that. I mean, like, I've had that situation happen to me. But your very employment may hang I've in the balance. That, I've had that situation happen to me. The only time I ever got fired, it was because I was looking for another job. And they asked you and you told the truth. Yeah, well, I didn't, yeah, I just kind of, mm, whatever, you know, just kind of. Omission. I didn't omit. I just didn't say, yeah, I definitely am. And this is the job I'm, uh, you know, okay. whatever. Yeah, I probably I, omit sometimes. I'm sure I omit sometimes. Is omission lying? Yes. Well, yes. It's a tricky one. Yeah. Well, it's not tricky for me. Okay, so like the answer, I guess, is it's never okay to lie. So when do you find that you do lie, even though you know that it's not okay to do? Perhaps that's even a more an easier way to a ask the question. Yeah, but sometimes people lie to... Self-preservation. Yeah. Is usually, yeah. usually a motivation where I find myself that I'm less than honest about something is some kind of self-preservation. I don't want someone else to get their feelings hurt. I take it as a badge of my bravery that I'm honest about things. Yeah. I think that the courageous people tell the truth. So it's never okay to lie? No, the truth is it's never okay to lie. Have I lied before? Yes. But courageous people can handle the truth, can tell people the truth and handle what the, the consequences of telling the truth are. Don't get yourself into a situation where you need to lie to get out of it. Right. Don't assume that the people you're telling the truth to can't handle the truth. How do we talk to our kids about lying? Don't lie to me. That's it. I'm going to be as honest with you as... I'm probably way too honest with my kids. And I'm going to be honest with you. Be honest with me. We, we hold you in full independence and trust until you break it. And then it's hard to get it back once you do. Be brave. Tell the truth. All right. Whew. We talked about a lot of things. We always do. I had a great time. I hope y'all had a lot of dinner and you got all filled up. All right, let's go wash those dishes. Hey, thank you again for joining us at our dinner table. If we said during this last episode that we'd share something with you, you can find it at our Dinner Table Talks on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're on Twitter, it's dinner underscore talks. Visit our website at dinnertabletalks.com for all of the latest information and send us an email there at talk at dinnertabletalks.com. We so look forward to hearing from you. See you next week.